Listener Production. In today's briefing, Why We Click or Clash with People, Part 2. Dr. Ali Walker has written a really good book that says we all have a connection type based on our preferred frequency and our intensity of social connection. And she says our connection type is the key reason why we click or clash with someone. You probably can see I'm high frequency. I connect through human connection and talking. So I go out into the world looking for people who mirror my connection type, because if they have the same connection type as me, we're going to be able to meet each other's connection needs. And that's what all of us do. We go out into the world looking for people who can mirror and match our connection needs. Yeah, it's such an interesting model to think about the way we connect and the type of people we like to connect with. But I think there's a lot more to the story here about why we get on with people. And I'm wondering whether our our values and what actually comes out of our mouths is what determines whether we like someone. So I'll put that question to Ali in today's briefing <laughs> in part two of our discussion of connection types and why we click or clash. First, today's headlines. It's Tuesday, February the 21st. U.S. President Joe Biden has made a surprise visit to Ukraine overnight just days before the first anniversary of the war. This is the largest land war in Europe in three quarters of a century. And you're succeeding against all and every expectation except your own. President Biden there, who also announced $724 million, that's in Australian dollars, of fresh military aid. And in breaking news this morning, another earthquake has hit southern Turkey. The shallow magnitude 6.4 quake has hit the same area as the 7.8 and 7.6 earthquakes that struck earlier this month. Those quakes killed more than 47,000 people and left a million people homeless. And Tom, from what I've been reading, the shallow quakes tend to be the most destructive Mm. when it comes to hitting areas that have already been damaged. So just awful news for people in those areas. Yeah, well, those homeless people are living in tents if they're lucky and they felt this latest shock. And some of the buildings that survived the February 6 tremors have been damaged by this latest shock as well. So I guess we'll be watching this situation fairly closely. And there's a push to ban engineered stone bench tops that cause the deadly respiratory disease silicosis. It's a death sentence. There's nothing we can do. There's no cure. There's no treatment. So that's Kyle Goodwin, a former stonemason who's been diagnosed with accelerated silicosis. Uh, and this problem's back on the agenda. Look, this has been an ongoing issue for years, but it was the focus of a 60 Minutes story on Sunday night that highlighted the damage it's doing. If we do not act, we will have 100,000 cases of silicosis more than 11,000 cancers in this country, and we need to act urgently. So that's Liam O'Brien from the Australian Council of Trade Unions, and the unions are putting a lot of pressure on the government to do something about this. A lot of state government ministers are also saying something needs to be done at a federal level, and they've said they're taking a look at it and they need to do something. Yeah, I mean, stone bench tops are just so common. You see them absolutely everywhere. I, I have to say they're in my kitchen. It makes me actually feel a bit sick thinking of that. There's so many other options now, though, like render has become a real thing and much more fashionable. I, I guess marble is everywhere, too. Mm. So if you're redoing your kitchen, there's, there's a lot of other things that you can put in other than stone, as convenient as that is. And an Australian professor has been kidnapped in Papua New Guinea's Highland region, along with three of their colleagues. The group was on a study trip when they were captured at gunpoint and a ransom has been demanded for their release. 
Here's the PNG Prime Minister, James Marape. I just want to inform the families of those who are taken hostage that we have been at work. The contact made with uh, people in the bush through uh, secondary sources. Yeah, so this kidnapping comes after a New Zealand pilot was taken hostage by separatist fighters in Indonesia's nearby Papua region. He is believed to be safe, but he's being held for political reasons. The separatists are wanting to reclaim that region from Indonesia. Yeah, so two separate kidnappings um, within the space of a month. Pretty scary stuff. Let's hope they all get released safely. And how about this? Instagram and Facebook have taken a leaf out of Twitter's book. Who would want to actually follow any business practices that Twitter has been doing lately? Uh, the parent company Meta has announced a paid subscription service. So you can get a verified blue tick now mm. if you want to pay for it, which I understand is highly desirable. Uh, the new badges will start rolling out to only Australians and New Zealanders this week. It starts wow at 12 bucks a month. I know you've already got a blue tick, Tom, but do you think it's worth it? No. I mean, part of, <laughs> part of the pitch from Mark Zuckerberg was to protect people from fake accounts, imposter accounts, but that should be part of the service. Like, they should already be looking after our well-being and security if we're going to use their platforms and let them mine our data. Yeah, so Mark Zuckerberg has also said that what he will do differently compared to what Twitter did when it brought in the paid blue ticks is it's going to require government documents that you have to scan in to prove that you're a real person and you also have to have, like, a history of posting so it can't be a fresh account or a business account because when mm. Twitter did this, all these fake accounts proliferated like within hours and it was just a joke. So I guess we'll be watching this one to see how it pans out. But I got to say, if something like that is no longer desirable or aspirational, what's the point of it? Mm. Look, it reeks of financial desperation as well. They've been bleeding money and cutting a lot of employees. So it's a a new revenue stream for the business. But I I'm not sure it will work. And I think Instagram and Facebook are in a bit of a a tough place. I feel like they're really kind of losing their appeal. Um, I feel like Instagram is sort of on a downward trajectory. I know it's been the the main platform for the last, say, five or 10 years, but I just feel like everyone's shared their whole lives now. There's nothing we haven't seen on Instagram. And I think the reason TikTok has had so much ascendancy in recent times is that you're really sharing something different. It's a lot about ideas and people talking. And so things come into your feed based on on the themes or the different topics that they're talking about rather than just showing pictures of your life. I think you're so right. I mean, you've got to look, TikTok proliferated during the pandemic. Instagram went in the other direction. And even Mark Zuckerberg himself said he put on heaps of stuff because he thought Instagram would do so much better during the pandemic and he had to lay them all off. All right, in just a moment, part two about this fascinating conversation on connection types. Okay, let's get back into our conversation with Dr. Ali Walker, an academic from ANU and the author of Click or Clash. I don't know about this. I think that's part of... (laughs) part of the picture, but not all of it. I think that's, you know, connection type and those kinds of interactions are really important to begin with. But mm-hmm. I wonder whether your your values and what you really care about, and I know 
connection is is part of what forms your values because it's how much you value spending your time. But but other yeah. values say around family or political values or or how you see the world and what you think is important to do with your life. Those sorts of things also determine, I think, maybe the more longer term success of a relationship, whereas connection types maybe get you on the same page to start with. What do you think? I'm grinning as you say this because the book was actually going to be double the length and <laughs> that's my next book. So my next book is all about, so I actually have, <laughs> I have two models. One model is the connection type model. The other model is the motivation type model. So what rewards you seek out in life? Um, Are you someone who's driven by psychological rewards or tangible rewards? Are you someone who's driven by being in the moment or planning for the future? And understanding those factors, that's all about values. So absolutely, I could not agree with you more. And I agreed with you so much that I thought this isn't enough of the story and we need to go on and talk about values. And that's absolutely my next book. And then I got to the point where I rang the publisher one day and I said, this, this book's going to be too long. And I think we've also determined here that uh, Ali Walker and Tom Tilly are a definite click. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know me so well. You're anticipating my next move. Um, yeah, it, I, I couldn't agree more. It's it's. this is just the tip of the iceberg when Mm. it comes to connecting with people because absolutely values play such a key role in whether we allow ourselves to open up and deepen a connection with someone because it builds on that psychological safety and trust. Mm. Can I trust myself in a relationship with you? Can I trust that you will take care of of what I value most? Um, And absolutely I agree that that's, uh, that's key. I think this is it explains why you might have an instant or or a gut reaction to someone that you might not understand. You know, why are you drawn yes. to this person at the party or not that person? You know, what mm. is it about their, their body language that you're responding to? This is much more of an innate reaction. I think the values are more of the, the conscious decision-making later. You know, when you, who do I want to go and have a coffee with? Who do mm. I really want to have a friendship with? Absolutely. Yeah, because you could be like, oh, well, we both like being out and socializing a lot. We both uh, wave our hands around a lot and, you know, like real emotional connection. But that person is an F-wit. We are still more likely to be drawn to the person who matches our connection needs who's an F-wit than we are going to be drawn to the person who doesn't match our connection needs who's lovely. That's how we end up in so many toxic relationships. Yes, yes. Because the first step is I need my connection needs met. Second step is do we share values? So it's definitely the second step, which is why you'll go for the toxic but still meeting my connection needs. Can I explain it like this? Frequency is appetite or how much you're getting. Intensity is quality or what type, right? So if you think about it with food, if you're starving, you'll, you'll take malnourished food or food that's not good for you over nothing. That's kind of how we approach connection. We need it so much. It's our, it's our key psychological need. So we'll seek it out and Got we'll you. choose someone who wants it as much as us over someone who may share our values. I get you. So that's the the connection is almost like the necessities and then the, the deeper yeah. values are like the luxuries once we've gotten exactly, there. Exactly. The exactly. Yeah. Like, yes. The values are like, is it organic? Is it gluten-free? Yeah. Is it, you know. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Anything- <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, it, I've got exactly a burning question. Burning question. So yeah. 
friendships versus intimate partner relationships, where should we think about our connection types, you know, in guiding us to make the right friendships versus the right intimate partner relationships? Do you need to be the same connection type to have a successful relationship? The way we seek out friends and the way we seek out intimate partners is very different, which is why I gave them two different types of click. The intuitive click is the friendship or the the co-worker who you really get on with. Intimate clicks are different. Intimate clicks, you're not actually looking for a mirror because one of you will be unnecessary. You don't actually want the same connection type in your intimate partner. Um, That actually leads to some volatility. So what we're seeking out is somebody who has strengths other than our own who is an, a complement to us with, with an E in the middle, not an I, um, and somebody who balances us out or smooths out our rough edges. So I'll give you an example. If I'm going out and, and I have a group of friends, all of my friends, and this is actually embarrassing to admit, tend to be high frequency, high intensity. So we just all go out seeking mm-hmm. the same type of, of friendship from each other. My husband is mid-frequency, mid-intensity. So we're not necessarily a mat. He's he's an other for me. So the analogy I use in the book is it's almost like I'm a kite flying around and he's the handle for the kite, you know, expertly working out <laughs> how to pull in the kite when the wind is not favourable, et cetera. So we look for people who may have strengths that we don't have in frequency and intensity. Here's the catch, and this is why I think intimate relationships are so hard sometimes. Sometimes it feels like friendships are more straightforward. We're not necessarily looking for ourselves in an intimate partner, but they can't be so distant from us on the model that Mm. we become remote, emotionally remote from each other. Mm. If you look at the model, my theory is you need to be within about three segments of your intimate partner. You don't actually want them to be, for example, if I'm high frequency, high intensity, I don't want a partner who's low frequency, low intensity. And in fact, in the book, I talk about people who've separated or divorced versus people who are still married. And I see that if you share a frequency or an intensity with your partner, that's going to serve you well, because it's going to be more likely that you can develop a friendship in addition to your intimate partnership. Mm. So yes, absolutely. The freak, my husband and I are close to each other in frequency. Uh, so we want to go out as much as each other. So I'm I'm high. He's mid frequent. We're very close to each other in our frequency. So that's needs. practical, isn't it? That's how you want to spend exactly. your time. It's just practical. It's we we are as social as each other. But absolutely, sometimes I try to have intense conversations with him. I liken it to letting it go through to the keeper. So he'll just make a funny comment to de- deflect my intensity, and then he'll walk away. Like that's how our marriage functions. If I was married to someone as intense as me, can you imagine? It'd be like Tom. If you and I were married, yeah. to <laughs> I don't know you, Tom. Yeah. But I guess you sound like quite a high intensity person. Yeah. Like it's great. Too Look, many we'd challenges. We'd be we'd be challenging each other. Yeah, you'd be like, but hold on, I think I don't think this book is finished. And I'd go, oh my gosh, I can't hand it in. Whereas my husband's not even reading the book. He read he read the story about him and then gave it back to me and said, yeah, looks great. Um, so yeah, I think we're looking for an other. We're looking for an other with friends. We're looking for a mirror. Dr. Ali Walker there, author of Click or Clash. So that was an interesting answer to my 
question earlier that there will be a second book looking at, <laughs> at values beyond connection types as a way of understanding why we get on with some people and not others. I found it so interesting too that the three of us are high intensity people. I feel like you and Ali are a bit more high intensity huh. than maybe me. It also explains things like... Um, you and I and Ali, we all get those needs met through our jobs. And mm. I wonder if, you know, certain people are drawn to those jobs for that very reason. And when I come home, I sometimes don't really talk that much at home because mm. I've had those needs met at work. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm, I'm going to be so interested to see where she goes with this second book because, you know, she's talking about values, but I think even that's quite complex and needs breaking down, you know. It's also about previous shared experiences, interests, tastes, judgments. So to create a model that somehow encompasses all of that and helps us understand ourselves, but also think about how that will change our interactions with other people, that is something that would be really interesting to nail down. Imagine if she could get this into some sort of algorithm. She could make a mozza <laughs> on some online dating sites and <laughs> save a lot of people a lot of time. Well, maybe they know more about it than all of us. <laughs> Listener.